1: No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hello and welcome to Remote Controlled, Varieties TV podcast. I'm Cynthia Littleton, sitting in for regular host Deborah Birnbaum. Every week we bring you conversations with some of the best and brightest in television, working behind and in front of the camera. This week we have Claire Danes. The star of Homeland gets candid about that crazy final scene of season seven, what it's like to live with Carrie Matheson for eight years and counting, and her life as a working mom, among other things. So stay tuned. Claire Danes, thank you so much for joining us here. It's my pleasure. In In a muggy uh, Saturday (laughs) afternoon, Saturday morning here in New York. It's a a good day for talking about Homeland. (laughs) Um, you know, Homeland always leaves us, reliably leaves us on the edge of edge of our seats. This season seven finale, I think, took it to a new level in terms of, oh my God, the state that we find Carrie in. She is being delivered back to Saul Berenson in a prisoner exchange, mm-hmm. and we see her, and she is, you know, disheveled, doesn't begin to mm-hmm. describe it. Mm-hmm. Can you talk about um, that, that pivotal scene when you are literally you know brought in and handed over and carrie is in bad shape can you talk about what it took to sure well
0: we actually filmed a lot of material in the institution that she'd been held in in moscow um many scenes worth of her i mean of, of her being really unraveled and unhinged um and ultimately, we didn't use them in the final cut because it was more powerful to to uh, discover her in real time with Saul and for us to imagine what she went through rather than have that be articulated. But I have a great friend, Kenneth Corbett, who's a psychologist, and he's kind of my go-to guy when I need uh, a tune-up, when I need to... Kind of we, we get some insight about the bipolar condition. Um, he's a wonderful psychologist and writer, and and uh, and so talking to him about what it might mean for her to be, um, y- y- you know, uh, <laughs> without medication for for seven months was really valuable. And you know, not only is she experiencing the trauma of of that, of of you know, kind of delving into her illness without any equipment or, <laughs> or, um, or intervention uh, but she also would have been isolated and um, abandoned and so it's kind of trauma layered upon trauma and we imagined that she would have rapid cycles that means you go through a, you know a lot of accelerated ups and downs and um, uh, you know, more, more than even she usual, uh, if, if she'd just been off of her meds so, and, and, uh, and she would have been profoundly disassociated and, um, her hygiene would have been really terrible. You know, her, it, he was saying, he made the point that the, it's as toxic on the body as it is on the psyche. So that made us, Think that we should yellow her teeth and have her hair be, you know, completely tangled and um, grown out, and and so so yeah, we didn't use a lot of that work was kind of for naught, um, but but actually it wasn't because it informed that moment, um, and I don't know if I would have been able to kind of arrive at that as. Thoroughly and fully as I did, without all of that extra work. But I, I thought it was, you know, I, I think they do a pretty good job, the writers, of um, uh, imagining what her condition is like over the years. And you know, in that, in the beginning of the season, we learn that her lithium is no longer effective, and and she's. Terrified, uh, and then she kind of is able to recover from that in a in a pretty tenuous way. But in the end, she you know that that fear is is realized, um, and uh, so it's it's foreshadowed and it's augured, and uh, you know it's it's good storytelling.
1: How much um, you know that again? That last shot that's so arresting. How much? How much makeup and work? did it take to get you in that disheveled state Um, before you shot it? Quite
0: a lot, yeah, just yeah, a few hours. And then, of course, we wrapped around 6.30 in the morning, and I was really eager to get home to see my son who was going to school. We were shooting in Budapest for a month, and he was going to school school there called the English Garden School and I because I, I, it was the last scene of the season you know which is always nice that's not always the case but you know so I, I, I for some reason I really really needed to hug my kid before he went off to school and uh, you know it took forever to undo all of that <laughs> makeup and I was like just get me out of the chair I just need to see my kid um, so I remember that being the you know an issue and yet were you worried about him seeing you like that oh that well no I mean I had to out. get it all off you know and, and he <laughs> Wasn't gonna see me looking, looking like that. But but he does see me in pretty strange states of being. Like there was that scene in the penultimate episode where I'm charging the the intelligence office building in Moscow, and I'm I have a balaclava and I'm all in black, and I'm exiting this big scary vehicle, and I'm holding a machine gun. And my husband and Cyrus had just like popped onto set to visit and during a rehearsal and I'm kind of like shooting this gun. And then I see Cyrus in the corner of my eye and I just totally break and I go, hi, you know, um, and it was a very strange intersection, you know, mashup of real and fictional lives. And Cyrus said, why are you pretending to be an aunt? Because I was all in black and my, you know, that was his interpretation of it. But, um, yeah. So sorry. Yeah. It's, a. Okay. It's, it's, uh, it's strange. My mommy's job is weird for sure.
1: <laughs> I, <laughs> I can imagine, and, and I'm sure he's seen dad as well. Yes, yeah. Also
0: in states of terrible duress and yeah, derangement. So
1: yeah, you can <laughs> only imagine what show and tell is going to be like. <laughs> yeah, in a exactly, few years.
0: exactly. That's
1: great. Um, talking about about Carrie and and the disease. I mean, it, from from everything that we've heard from you over the years, it feels like you really. Invested a lot in understanding what it mm-hmm, means mm-hmm. to be
0: bipolar and to bring that to the character. Yeah, I have. I'm, it really interests me. I mean, I think I, if I wasn't acting, I probably would be in a therapist. Maybe my best friend is a therapist. I'm, um, you know, I, uh, it, it's something that that naturally really fascinates me. I think they're related disciplines. I mean, it's really just the study of human behavior. Um, but, uh, you know, like real pathology, I just find completely compelling. And I have such profound respect and empathy for people who have to contend with that. Um, it's, it's just a Herculean effort to do very ordinary things. Um, and I think it's amazing that they, their brains are organized in such a way that they experience the world very differently from us. And, um, you know, what does that perspective offer? You know, um, I mean, I think of Carrie as kind of, you know, she's obviously a very exaggerated figure, mm-hmm. but she's kind of like a real-life superhero in the way that Temple Grandin was, for example, you know. And that, uh, it's it's a huge burden, but it, it does awful also offer... Um, you know, another, another vantage point and, and, and great insight on occasion. But, but I, you know, look, we take liberties too. There's, there's no way I mean, there, this is not, this is, this is a definitely a piece of fiction. Um, right. but I think it's valuable to that you know, it, it, have some expression of it in pop culture, and to imagine that somebody who has it could be, you know, obviously complicated and flawed, but deeply capable too, and ultimately heroic. Um, so I, I do think there's value in that. Mm-hmm. I know there has been at times. There's been
1: some criticism of Homeland saying mm-hmm. that you know, and in particular, I think in this season, the storyline of of Carrie struggling with the medication right. and, and the mix. Right. And yet I did see, you know, we also have seen professionals who understand this say mm. that's the world of somebody who is bipolar and Carrie Matheson is bipolar. Yeah.
0: I think that, um, they, that's true. I mean, I, I talked to another friend of mine, um, uh, uh, Jamie Lowe, who wrote, who, who, ex, who, who, whose lithium did stop working, um, and wrote a, a book about it. Um, and, uh, you, that was That was really helpful as well I, I mean I do reach out to people Who are actively wrestling With this and um, Are really intimate with that experience and, and it really colors My understanding of it um, But yeah I think that, that, that that's a fact Of the <laughs> it's a real fact that, that the the medication does stop working it's something that you constantly have to manipulate and tamper with and experiment with and I I think it's such an interesting idea that a lot of people with bipolar are kind of addicted to the condition because there is the, sometimes if you if you if you get it just right if you're at the perfect frequency and pitch it can be a dazzling experience and you can feel um, you know, superhuman, and that, and then and it's and it's it's hard to be dependent on medication. That's really humbling, and there's resistance to that, and the medication often has horrible side effects. And so, I just, it's something that it's not ever set. You know, your bodies change and adapt, and it's it's uh, it's just not a given. And it's a it's a it's another reason why I have such admiration for people who are going through this because it takes just constant vigilance mm-hmm. and and discipline and it's, it's mutable and fluid. So, I I, I mean, we get to, we get to think about that over an extended period of time. Another great gift to television, you know, is you really get to live with these people for years, (laughs) it turns out. Yeah.
1: Do you feel like, do even when you're not, you know, even in your off season, do you feel like you live with Carrie Matheson? Is she a is she somebody who's in your psyche even I when you're not she working I think must
0: be I mean this this after this long I, you can't help but internalize your imaginary friend you know um uh yeah I I always use the metaphor of 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 Carrie being like vodka on ice when I um, during my hiatus you know um <laughs> I don't know why I guess I don't know why that just kind of comes to mind but um so she's in the freezer she's waiting for me um but I, I, I've it's I've loved playing her. I mean, when I was first presented the with the pilot and was considering making the show, I I, I turned it down initially because it just seemed like way too much. It seemed totally overwhelming. She was just uh, you know <laughs> under such. Incredible acute pressure, and it didn't seem like she would ever not be. You know, I don't know if I can cohabitate with this person for, you know, a good seven years or something. Um, but I, yeah, ultimately, obviously, I said yes, and I'm really glad I did. And for all of her, you know, stern and drang, I, I, I do, I do kind of in a perverse way enjoy her company. <laughs> yeah, I mean, she's. A lot of fun. She has. She gets to do these things that not many people get to do.
1: She's she's never dull. Never dull. So, what was it? Something? What changed your mind about the pilot? Um, Was it persuasion? I think
0: it was just the the quality of the material was undeniably arresting and and rich and and I was scared, you know, and that's that tends to be the sign that I got to do it. Um, So. I I was just being a little chicken shit, so I had to call myself out. <laughs> well, we're, we're, we're,
1: we're, we are grateful you summoned <laughs> your courage you, for you, sure. Thank you. Thank um, you. You had a wonderful ensemble this past season. Yeah. You know, so, uh, Elizabeth Marvel, yeah. Linus Roach, Costa Ronin yes. was a terrific example. Totally. Um, I would imagine that that's something that has been engaging for you is that you Absolutely. have a lot of new people coming in every season. Yeah. I mean,
0: that's kind of the the the, the wonderful. Gift of our show Is that it it is forced to Reinvent and imagine itself Every season um, And that can be taxing because we have to Assemble a whole new cast Often and crew And we're on a different location every year And we're kind of reinventing the wheel But it also Makes it impossible for us to kind of Slide into complacency or You know work by rote um, And it just creates this Circulation, which I think we do all benefit from. And uh, I miss my friends who die on the show. You know, that's that's costly and sad. I'm, um, but but I also get to meet all, all of these incredibly talented new people. Um and I had such a wonderful time with Morgan Spector this season. Um mm-hmm. and, and it I missed Elizabeth. I didn't get to we were besties last year, <laughs> the Prez and I, and now we, we were on the outs, so I I barely saw her. Occasionally we'd high five in the makeup trailer, you know, but our storylines were were always parallel and never intersecting.
1: Uh and you and Mandy, you know, it's just electric when Carrie and Saul are in a scene together. Is that and because that is such a constant, many people have mentioned that that's like, that is the, the core, the yeah. underlying relationship mm-hmm. of the mm-hmm. show. Having worked together now for so long, is that, is there, do you guys, is there a shorthand that just makes that the
0: job that much easier? Totally. To the I, you know, and then that, that chemistry, for lack of a better word, it's a frustrating word because what does it mean? But that was very alive from the minute. We started working together in the first read through when our first sentences that we uttered it was like, Oh holy shit, what's that what's that? <laughs> um uh so that was just something that neither of I don't well, either of us can really take credit for it, but it's um it's so special when it happens. It's it's rare and um and yeah, it's so much of our relationship as Carrie and Saul is is connected to or maybe it informs our relationship as Claire and Mandy Um, but we have a lot of heavy lifting to do on our own and we're you know hosting a lot of new actors and day players and things and so it's it's always a profound relief to kind of collapse into a scene again with him and and have that Ease and fluency and and kind of deep deep history mm-hmm. and support. Um, so no, it's it's been a great great joy to work with him.
1: Did you know him at all? Had you ever worked with him before? No, not at all.
0: And uh, yeah, and uh, it's just I I mean yeah, he's a very he's just a, he's a really fantastic. I mean, obviously he's so talented, but he's so present and he's so generous um in a scene and 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 agile you know he can adapt to anything and everything's loud you know that that's also the thing i love about television is that 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 level of safety and familiarity that you that you can only earn in over the course of time you know there's no kind of fast track you can't cheat that so uh, i really i feel like i'm in a company you know um and i so enjoy that Hmm. It's a great company
1: Um, Do you have any sense of what's What's going on for next season
0: Not a clue Not a clue and neither does anybody (laughs) And now you know I am with Child so uh, we're not We're starting a little later than usual Um, I think the writers might Be a little glad for that because it gives them A little extra time to design the Season recharge and I mean uh, What they do is Just so intense it's It It doesn't compare to what I mean we do a lot and but it's the demands on them are even greater because as soon as they wrap They have about a week to recover and then they have to start um, Getting back in the room and 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 drafting the next season so they have a little more time and uh, So yeah, I don't know. I really don't know Um, It won't be boring I don't think it'll be casual, (laughs) whatever it is. It'd be interesting to see
1: where we pick up after last season. And of course, I have to ask, there's been a lot of speculation about season eight possibly being the end. Do you think that's the case? I
0: I honestly don't know. I I don't know. Um, uh, Yeah, it's not uh, unequivocally conclusive. (laughs) So we'll see. I mean, as I said, it's the kind of show that, could continue going on uh uh, indefinitely because it's a strange model it's an unusual model Mm -hmm. It, it 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 can mutate in ways that a lot of shows can't so i don't know how's that for an answer Totally fair.
1: <laughs> we we're asking for the we're asking for the truth, and it sounds like it, it, yeah. it sounds like it's it's, it's undetermined. just
0: totally uncertain.
1: Let me ask you. I mean, do you feel like you have many more years of playing carry-on? I don't
0: know. I don't know about that. It's also true that my son is five and a half now, and um, it's getting to the point where he's not as portable. As he has been, he's starting to like really need to be anchored. He's, he's got his own agenda. Right. So, um, (laughs) and his is yours. uh, Yeah, exactly. Undeniably. Exactly. And, and, um, you know, this show is, we are globetrotters. So I, I don't know how much I can keep imposing that on him. Um, and obviously we have another human being arriving soon. Sweet Jesus. Please help us. Um, but, but, yeah, so, who, so there are, there are, my life is also evolving in ways that are going to maybe influence the decisions I make in my work. Um, so we'll see.
1: The interesting thing now in television is that there is a lot of flexibility. It doesn't have to be rigid. There, you know, you could conceive a, totally. a a world where maybe Homeland takes a year or two yeah, off and that's right. could come back. That's so right. It, it's, I, kind of an inter- it's a great time to have this wonderful, deep, rich franchise. Yeah,
0: I, I think... Look, I mean, I'm just kind of... I'm so thrilled and amazed that we've been able to maintain the quality of the show for as long as we have. And I don't want to start compromising that now. So I would never do it if it was going to be um kind of half-assed or, or 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 lazy we have to be clear about why we're doing it and we have to kind of be as invested as we've always been and strive for the kind of authenticity and excellence as we always have you know so so as long as that energy is there and uh then then maybe mm-hmm. but but that's a pretty intense condition you know (laughs) so we'll see right the bar the bar is high yeah and I you know I don't want to give up now
1: (laughs) you know (laughs) that would be a real shame so um, but as far as you know so you'll start in like late fall or winter
0: we start in january in so january. yeah it's a, it's it'll be a, it'll be a long break and you don't know where in the world you'll be not win? a clue no, do you know <laughs> i would love to know um, i'm calling david Nevins. Yeah, i'm going to yeah, get yeah. it yeah i would love to know I, I don't think it'll be in the states oh you um, think it'll be outside i think of the it'll country. be somewhere else there's that mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. yeah another another
1: thing to uh, to look forward to yeah um, and despite being the lead in this very intense uh, drama you also are you very consistently you'll do a play uh you just just this week have a new film opening a mm-hmm. kid like jake mm-hmm. um how do you juggle that and be a mom and a
0: yeah well the first couple of hiatuses i i was uh was having my son cyrus and and then you know breastfeeding him uh that took a, a while but then when i was when he started being a little more autonomous, I could afford to go gallivanting elsewhere and um i I was lucky i mean these these opportunities arose um in a way that was possible for me to to do them and it's fun to kind of diversify a little bit and recharge and exercise slightly different muscles um uh It, I think it's really healthy and, and helps me remain that much, you know, more committed to Carrie when I do take the vodka out of the freezer again. I don't know if that even makes sense. It's just, it's just the image. It's a
1: perfect, it's a perfect (laughs) image that Carrie Matheson cocktail will be hitting the monkey bar as soon as this hits. Oh yeah.
0: Um, yeah, absolutely.
1: Um, Again, a uh, terrific cast in Kid Like Jake. Jim Parsons, mm-hmm. Ann Dowd, mm-hmm. Octavia Spencer. Mm-hmm. Is it when you show up on something like that, do you have to like tell yourself, okay, no guns, no running, <laughs> I'm not going to be big. Is it well, a whole just, different mindset? We just
0: at the premiere uh, here in New York about a week ago, and so a lot of my friends came to see it. And they were really mad with me after because they said, you told us this was a comedy. It's not a comedy. But comparatively, (laughs) it felt like it, you know. They were like, you smile occasionally throughout the movie, but there's a lot of heavy stuff that happens. Um, So I think my perspective is a little screwy, um, given my day job, basically. You know, because the stakes are just so absurdly high in Homeland. And, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's so raw and fraught and much, you know, but uh, everything else feels like a, a farce or a romp, you know, comparatively.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: And how was it working with Jim Parsons and oh, Octavia so Spencer? Oh, so wonderful. And- I, I mean, I, it was just like uh, an embarrassment of riches, really. Um, I, was, I, I just am so, so lucky to have a chance to work with performance of this caliber and they're just delightful people too i mean that's like big fat bonus but uh jim especially i I mean jim i had the most most of my work was with him and and he's just so technically nimble and proficient but also has like incredible soul which i don't think we have that many opportunities to see uh you know and i guess in big bang theory he's like such a rigid character on a sitcom and all that. But he uh, I think that'll be really fun for audiences to discover just how dynamic he is and how, um, how human and rich his performances are. Yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. Very, uh, also just a terrific person. From oh, and a everybody. lovely
0: person. Over the years, Yes, yeah. and so charming and witty and decent and hilarious. And yeah, I'm a big fan. <laughs> That's great. Big fan.
1: With everything you have going on, is there any are there any goals that you're still striving for? Anything that you
0: professionally? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I I would like to kind of generate my own material at some point um, uh, as a producer. I've really enjoyed having that breadth of kind of influence here in Homeland and just being a part of the bigger, broader conversations. Um, you know, I have a little experience with that now, so I'd like to continue with that. Um, once you have a little bit of agency, it's hard to let it go. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, and I'm always just kind of lily pad hopping and want to do something a little different and challenge myself in, an, in a slightly new way. And uh, But I have to be kind of zen about it, too, because... I'm still a freelance person. <laughs> and what do I know? Do you aspire to write or direct at all? You know, not really. Um, uh, I want my husband to direct. <laughs> That's terrible. That's not good feminist <laughs> talk right there. But um I, yeah, no. I I don't know. I actually one day I think it would be really fun to shadow Leslie Linka Gladder, our producing director, cuz she's one of my, have my dearest a terrific, friends. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I don't really ever have a chance. I mean, I think I am kind of shadowing her You're inadvertently. you kind of busy. <laughs> but, but it would be really wonderful to sit with her during those parts of the process that I don't get to see, you know, the pre- and the post-production. Mm-hmm. So I, I would like to, you know, investigate that a little bit, and uh, we'll see what happens after that. But, um, no, I think producing and acting are plenty for me right now. And also, you know, making people is... Is an undertaking, turns out. And a commitment. And a commitment! Yes. So I'm, I feel pretty sated right now, but uh, I'm excited that there's so much time left. Knock <laughs> on
1: wood. It goes fast, let me I tell know, you. I
0: know, I know,
1: I know. Do you have, um, if
0: I may ask, yeah? Uh,
1: is it, are you able to be a kindergarten mom at times, or are you, do you? You know, does you know, your schedule allow that? Yeah, to show?
0: I mean, uh, the, it's just so bifurcated, this job. Like, it's so all or nothing. Right. And when I am off, you know, I really can take Cyrus to school and pick him up and be, you know, truly present. Um, it's just really lopsided. But, yeah, it's tough. I mean, there's that scene in towards the end of the season where Car- Carrie had to say goodbye to her daughter and there was this one line where she says, you know how, oh my God, I'm like going to cry now. You know how mommy has to go away, you know, to, to, to work sometimes. And just in the rehearsal, I, I said that line and I, I just couldn't stop crying. And that doesn't really happen to me because I am in command of my craft. But, but I, I was like, I just lost it in front of the crew. And then Amy Hargraves, who plays my sister, you know, it was like a, she caught the yawn, you know, and and she's also a working mom, and she lost it as well. It was absurd, you know. It was like a little bout of hysteria, but I didn't quite realize how how deep that conflict is within me and and the the cost of that because you just kind of cope and deal, and um, in some ways I think it's harder for the parent than it is the kid. I don't, I don't I'm not sure, but but it is. It is a stress, you know. Nobody gets to have their cake and eat it. It's something is something suffers, but I think everybody's all right in the end. I I can't not do both, you know. It is the you know sort of it's the
1: condition of our modern times. Totally. Yeah. Totally. Gotcha. All right. Well, I would be remiss as a journalist if I let you out of here without asking you the question. You know, at, at the time when TV is so so much of TV is so focused on you know like revivals and reboots. Have you gotten the My So-Called Life call? <laughs>
0: you know, we, Winnie Holtzman Angela? and I are still really, really good friends. And I think it would be wonderful to collaborate with her again in some way. So um, that is definitely a possibility. I don't know if it would be uh, an an actual My So-Called Life, like if we would revisit that um, literally, but, but I think... I think we might have another something in us as partners uh, just because she's the best. And it would be so fun to collaborate again as like a grown-up. That would be intriguing. Yeah.
1: Claire Danes, thank you so
0: much thank for your Thank you time. so much. Thank you.
1: Thanks for listening to this week's show. We'll be back next week when Deborah's guest will be Seth Myers, host of NBC's Late Night with Seth Myers.